0: Village halls across the country are being encouraged to help tackle climate change, but what kind of practical steps can be taken to protect the environment? Hi everyone, I'm Johnny Thompson and welcome once again to the Village Halls podcast, sponsored by Allied Westminster, the UK's largest specialist provider of village hall insurance, and the home of Village God. Now, many of us see climate change as the biggest crisis we currently face and. One way of tackling the issue is for us all to switch to more sustainable forms of transport, of course. Electric vehicles are becoming increasingly popular, but they need a widespread charging infrastructure if they're ever going to become mainstream. So today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr Darren Handley, who is Head of Infrastructure Grants at OZEV, which is the Office for Zero Emission Vehicles, part of the Department for Transport, Darren is going to talk to us about how things are progressing with the switch to electric vehicles and also how village and community halls can support this by bringing charging points to rural communities. Hi Darren. Hi Johnny. Many, many thanks for coming on the show today. It's a pleasure. Okay Darren, so before we begin, tell me a little bit about you, your background and, and Ozef, of course and, and what your role is there.
1: So I've been in the Department of Transport for Probably more years than I care to remember. Uh, And I've been with the Office for Zero Emission Vehicles for coming up for three years. Our primary mandate of the team is to help transition the UK to, as the name says, zero emission vehicles. So this is both hydrogen and electric vehicles. And the wider team covers everything from policy, legislation, and just lots and lots of things to encourage the uptake of those vehicles and overcome the obstacles which people encounter along the way.
0: Okay, fantastic. We're going to concentrate a little bit on electric vehicles today. And I'm fascinated to know what your aims are around electric vehicles and and what kind of progress we are all actually making in terms of making the switch.
1: Yeah, so the aim for the government is that in 2030, all new Cars that are sold on the road will be ele- well, zero emission from the tailpipe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's either electric or hydrogen with the phase out of hybrid at 2035. And we're also looking to phase out all other forms of uh, petrol and diesel vehicles and investigating timelines for when that's possible. Yeah. And we're making really, really good progress beyond what we ever dreamed of, really, uh, the uptake of electric vehicles. If you look at all the sales figures from the trade bodies, such as the Society for Manufacturers, Motors Manufacturers and Traders, SMMT, it's about one in five new vehicles sold by electric. So it's really, really good progress.
0: I guess I guess it needs to be, doesn't it? It's only it's less than eight years to go until, until your target's met. So it's really important uh, that we move on with this. And I guess rural locations – are really important in, in all of this too, because I, to me, electric vehicles seem very suited to rural communities. People tend to, firstly, really need a car or a van, and, and most journeys they make, I would imagine, are probably reasonably short. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, it's actually quite surprising across the UK that most people's journeys and driving is much shorter than they think. Yeah. And certainly the government doesn't want any part of the UK to be left behind. So everybody has the same opportunity as to use an electric vehicle as they would now to use a petrol or diesel vehicle.
0: And and in all honesty, what 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 difference is, is this switch to electric vehicles and hydrogen vehicles and so on gonna to, gonna to make in terms of climate change and, you know, future generations? How how important is this move?
1: It's critical, really. Um if you look at the amount of CO two emitted from transport it's one of the highest brackets so we need to tackle it if we're going to meet our commitments
0: yeah and there's uh, there's health benefits as well isn't there of course because pollution's a quite a significant problem as well now
1: yes you do cut all the emissions from the tailpipe obviously there's no particulates and we're actually looking at the non- exhaust emissions. So you get reg- something called regenerative braking with electric vehicles where if you take the foot of the pedal it actually st- the motor goes into reverse and you get electricity back so you don't need to have so many braking events. Yeah. So you get a lot less brake dust coming off. The vehicles at the minute are slightly heavier so you may get more tire dust coming off but uh, we expect that the weight of electric vehicles will decrease as the technology of batteries increases and gets better and better which we are seeing continuous improvements in battery technologies.
0: Fantastic. Now, now, I mentioned rural communities before, and village and community halls do, of course, often sit at the heart of those rural communities and rural life. So it seems only natural that they could have a supporting role to play in all of this. Is that right?
1: Yes. Um, rural communities have a wealth of different opportunities to Have electric vehicles, and one of the key things is the ability to charge. Yeah. If you have off-street parking, it's pretty easy to get a charge point and put it in. Mm. Uh, It's where you have a rural community without that access to off-street parking. Yeah. Obviously, there's challenge. It's pretty much the same challenge as the rural communities not having access to a petrol station readily. So, unlike petrol stations, there is opportunities for Village halls and similar properties and businesses to offer something for their community, that ability to charge.
0: So in any way, in essence, that has parking facilities anywhere that's off off, off the the main highway, yeah?
1: Yes, essentially. And the infrastructure needed is a lot less than the petrol station. So it should ideally be an interesting proposition for any business with off-street parking about whether... They want to attract custom or support yeah. the local community by putting in a publicly accessible charge point.
0: Yeah, and uh, just remind me these these are these things that look rather like a, a box sometimes or a or a pole, aren't they? And, and and there's a bit of a light bit of lighting on them usually to make them look all modern and blue and things. <laughs> and and it, you literally just park up and and plug your vehicle into that, and and then it will start to charge your electric vehicle, right?
1: Yes, they, they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. So you yeah you get ones attached to a wall, you get ones which look like a bollard, you can yeah. even get ones which pop up from the ground. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to start them, it can be as simple as just plugging them in. Or you may need to just arrange how you're going to pay for it. So start a session and then tap your payment card somewhere along the line so the payment goes through.
0: So t- tell me down, what kind of support is is currently available? To village halls when it comes to, to them providing charging points in their car parks and so on? How do how does this grant scheme that you, you head up actually work?
1: So the government is trying to incentivise businesses to provide charge points. And mm. one aspect is village halls and charities and places in rural communities for off-street parking. So we have grants available, which are up to 75% of the cost of capped at £350 per charge point socket yeah. for businesses and venture halls to install. So nice. this would go quite a way to helping with the installation of the charge point. And then there's also capital allowances, which are available, at least until the end of this financial year, which means that the tax, they could be offset. Yeah. Against their tax as well. So effectively it can be free for village halls to put in that infrastructure.
0: Yeah. If you, if you get your accounting rate. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. Exactly. <laughs> and it's an important point you've made about that. This is per charge point. This is not per car park or such So this. You can have multiple charge points in each, in each parking area. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So charge points can charge one vehicle, mm-hmm. two vehicles, sometimes even three. So we pay the grant, by the ability to charge the vehicle. So if it has two effectively leads, which can work at the same time, you'll get up to 700 pounds off the cost of the installation.
0: Right. And I understand there's also a variety of models that Village halls can can follow. For example, they don't necessarily have to run and operate the charging points themselves. They could just simply provide the space for others to operate them. Is that right?
1: Yeah, there's lots of different business models. This is one of the reasons why we're, got the grant to help those business models develop. Yeah, And yeah, the options are the village hall may choose to operate the charge point themselves. They may have a concession for somebody else to run the charge point or the charge point and the parking spaces. Um, lots of different models for how they may finance and operate that charge point. Yeah.
0: Now, now I'm interested to know your thoughts on what I'm sure is an age-old problem that village halls and, and and definitely other businesses with, with parking spaces have, and that's that o- overstaying in car parks. And I guess what will inevitably come, a kind of hogging of the charging points. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I can imagine that's something that's that, that difficult to manage at times.
1: It is, but I I think all businesses with parking spaces will have had experience of this. So, they mm-hmm. may have existing practices, and certainly at the industry as a whole, it's looking at how to manage people overstaying their welcome. Yeah. So, I think one important consideration is how long are you happy for people to park in your bays? So, if they're coming full a day because you're putting on an event, are you happy for them to just sit there? Uh, so, it's really looking at the business model of your. Tolerance for overstaying. And then whether you want to put in penalties for people overstaying. So supermarkets and others, just ramp up the fees for parking if you stay beyond two hours. And yeah. this sort of to encourage a certain behaviour in the users.
0: I guess the important thing is to recognise that there is this flexibility, um, as we mentioned, in terms of the models that you can follow and you could could get somebody else to, to run and operate these charge points in car park but but the village hall could still benefit financially in some ways from from that and also from the from the grant scheme and the, the tax incentives that you've mentioned
1: yeah as well as yeah just serving their community and having that um moral lead and yeah
0: yeah, yeah exactly because i yeah, we, we've got to see the bigger picture here haven't we and and, and be positive about this so, so tell me a little bit more about what you see as the key benefits for village halls in them playing a part in delivering these charging points that are needed for electric vehicles? So I think
1: there's two key drivers, if I was owning a village hall for me, for putting in charge points for my community. One is just serving the community, especially where you have people who don't have that off-street parking. So they have the opportunity. And as soon as you put the charge points in, people will buy electric vehicles. That's what we've seen everywhere. And the second is the commercial aspect. If you're a village hall and you run events and people will travel to you, not having a charge point will one day mean that you're not as attractive. You won't. People will go to the next village along where that village hall does have a charge point because yeah. people will want to come and go from the events that held weddings and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think you're right. I think there's there's another area as well, which when I look back at sort of the history of village halls, have always played a significant role in, in in major historical moments. And it's interesting that, that, that this dramatic change, you know, and moving from one way of personal transport to another, um, I would think that out there as well, there are a lot of village halls that just simply want to play a part in something that's very positive positive. Uh, yeah. for, for all communities and for the future generations and so on as well.
1: Yeah. And also just saying you're there at the beginning, that reputational aspect, I think, should be a, a big driver for people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. OK, so what would be the next steps for any hall committees or trustees listening in that are interested, or or anyone else that's listening in, such as those that might run a community business, or so on, for example, what should do? What 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 should they do, Darren?
1: Um, I think it's a number of things. First mm-hmm. off, um, look at their facilities, how much parking space they have, how much, how they whether they think they could put an EV charge point in, and how they would consider operating it, start talking to charge point providers Mm. to kind of weigh up the business case, essentially, and the costs. Yeah. Talk to their electricity supplier, distribution (laughs) network operator. Yeah, really important. To understand what the existing electricity supply is to their Mm. building. Um, This is important because if you've got limited capacity or you've got very old fuse, for the supply to your building it will need to be upgraded so if you have a 60 kilowatt fuel you may need to upgrade it to 100 kilowatt to enable that charge point to be put in
0: yeah you don't want to turn all the lights off in the village do you just to charge a few vehicles
1: yes (laughs) um yeah it it may be that grid reinforcement would be needed which Mm. kind of comes down to understanding what sort of charge point you want to put in yeah and my advice generally is to go for the lower powered charge points right this is particularly useful for people charging over a prolonged period and it reduces the need to actually do any upgrades to electricity supply which can be quite costly yeah so the high power charge points which um, power the cars a lot quicker are only really needed if you're going to operate like a um, service station and have a lot of cars coming in and going and then the The other consideration is the cheapest time for electricity and to charge a vehicle is overnight. So again, if you're providing for the community, it's whether you want to allow people to park overnight in your facility and charge and then expect them to disappear the cars during the hours of daylight.
0: And and presumably you also have a a lot of information available online um, about the grant scheme and, and how to apply and and how how exactly it works and so on as well yeah
1: yes so there is a wealth of information available on the internet generally such as Mm -hmm. the energy saving trust has information that you can look at and yes all the information about our grants and the offering is available online so if you were to type in workplace charging scheme and gov.uk you would find all the information about our grants
0: Brilliant. Well, we'll put up some links on our website with this episode so you can find out more information about the grand scheme and all of those other uh, links as well that that you mention. Brilliant, Darren. Uh, Unless there's anything else that you want to get across, I'd just like to say thank you very much for all of the information.
1: That's a pleasure. Yeah, I think it's just worth recapping what we said at the beginning, is that electric vehicles are here. They are becoming mainstream. Yeah. Um, the second-hand market is taking off. The first-hand market, as I said, is they're outstripping diesel vehicles considerably. So um, they're coming.
0: Yeah, and that 2030 target's not just a, an aspirational thing. It, it it appears to be moving towards that, and this is going to become reality for all of us, yeah? It is. Fantastic. Also, thanks for the part you're playing as well in, in making this changeover to a more environmentally form of Personal transport. I guess this must be quite rewarding for you as well, Darren, to it be is. involved in this. Yeah.
1: And it's lovely just seeing the sheer volume of electric vehicles around. And they're quieter, which is
0: yeah.
1: one of the other benefits. Um so when we electrify all forms of transport, the world will be a slightly quieter place.
0: Yeah. But excellent. Again, you know, thanks very much for, for coming on. It's 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 been great and, and, and very useful, hopefully, to Village Halls and others out there, um, that we've had this chat.
1: Okay. It's been a
0: pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, Taryn. And uh, that's all folks for this episode. A quick thank you to all of you who have so far submitted entries for our Wonderful Villages Awards. There's five awards altogether, including an Innovation Award and an Inspirational Story Award. So keep them coming in as you could win £1,000 for your local village, church or community hall. And there's more information about the Wonderful Village Halls sorry, the wonderful Villages Awards on our website. Many thanks to our headline sponsor and specialist insurance provider, Allied Westminster, for making our podcast possible and whose services you can discover more about at villageguard.com and to online booking system provider, Hallmaster, who also sponsor our podcast and can be found at hallmaster.co.uk. You've been listening to the Village Halls podcast a unique listening community for Britain's Village, Church and Community Halls and anyone interested in the vital community services they provide. We'll be back again soon with another episode. Please visit the villagehallspodcast.com to subscribe, sign up for updates, link through to our social media pages and to find out more. But until the next time, goodbye for now.